house of Abraham, yea, shall be made free. John 8, 3, 6, to whom the Son set free, is free indeed. He say the wretch like me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 54 Yards, episode 16, season two. Today, I'm with Carlos Mojica, co-owner, co-founder of Opinionated Media. I'm Cam Theory. Uh, shout out to the Rangers. Just won the World Series last week, so Carlos already repping the merch. Got it in Thanks. early. Um, but I know you guys missed Carlos the last couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to the boy Shoney Jackson. I'm sure you guys will be seeing him more on the Sports Channel. And uh, Catherine Barrett uh, for filling in for Carlos. Did a wonderful job. But Carlos is back. Um Talk yep, about some yep, football, yep. but you know, I'm glad he's back because maybe it's, Oklahoma will win this week. It's only two weeks, but it felt like a long time. Yeah, for sure. Like especially with how much has happened. I mean, the the playoff poll wasn't out. Um, we were yeah, because yeah. You know? so what did I do that for? Oh, I went to the Ranger playoff game. Yeah, that's where I was two weeks ago. Was I was at the game seven Ranger playoff game versus the Astros. <laughs> I went to that. And then last week I was in Vegas for my birthday. You also went to the BYU Texas game. And too. I also went, yeah, yeah, did a lot like the week of, mm. well, before slash of my birthday. Not a good birthday. It's pretty good. Yeah, until not, the Cowboys lost. Yeah, one of the ruined it. Yeah, one of your better birthdays. I feel like you just did a lot. A lot yeah, because uh, Monday, I went to the Ranger Astro game. Uh, Friday had the wedding. Mm-hmm. Saturday went to the game. Mm-hmm. Sunday went to Vegas. Came back Wednesday from to from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Rangers won. Um, spent time with family. Spent time with uh, my girlfriend's family. Uh, they had a little birthday dinner for me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, Texas won. Rangers won. All I need is the Cowboys to win, and my Rex. birthday is complete. They just couldn't do it. Should have acted you. like my best slip, five out of six. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know, yeah, you know how we've been getting down over there. We, hey, y'all might see us soon, maybe. Um, all right, so you know, some big, some big things happened this past weekend in college football. Um, you know, starting with some uh, close wins and some big time wins, some big time matchups in the sport. But uh, Molly Carl's jump it off first. Uh, Texas Kansas State recap what he, what he saw, what he thought, and some initial thoughts from that game. Um, initial, look good. <laughs> y'all did. I, I was on CJ. I was like, y'all might blow them out for real. That's what it looked like. At the, it really should have been like thirty-five to zero going in half. Mm-hmm. Like it truly should have been like thirty-five mm-hmm. to zero going in half. Um, like you said, him trying to take points early, uh, a couple missed drives that we just didn't capitalize on. Uh, but it really should have been thirty-five to zero going in half. Malik looked good. The offense was clicking. We're shutting the run game down. Uh, they have, what, a top five offensive line in the country or something like that? Yeah, top five offensive line. I think they have the number one defense in the Big they 12. They have the too. number one defense in the Big time. 12, yeah. And then everything was just clicking. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, here comes that second half. Mm-hmm. Same thing as last year because yeah. we were blowing them out last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then yeah, they, came back. they came back and they started throwing the ball. Uh, a lot of It was just like a lot of short passes – it was like, short passes, and then they kept hitting all over the it was, middle. I was going to say, and over the middle, and we just couldn't stop it. Like, right in between that zone. It reminded me a lot of what Houston was doing in that game, kind of just attacking, like, over that, over the linebackers, right in between the safeties, getting 15, 18 yeah. at a time. And I was like, dude, come on. And then we just had a couple 
couple mistakes, uh, block punt, uh, going into half. Yeah, because that that's what made it. What, that was the momentum. Seven, right? Yeah, that was the momentum. Block punt going into half, and they just came free untouched. Yeah, blocked it and they scored, and then they come out half. I think they score field goal, mm-hmm. and then we come out, and then just the rest of the game was just we turned the ball over. Turned the ball with all of our mistakes were what sucked was all of our mistakes were on our side of the field. Mm-hmm. The block punt, the fumble, the interceptions, everything was on our side of the field. So that's what hurt us was that. And it got ugly quick. And I thought we were gonna lose. And also thought that we should have like we deserved to lose. Yeah. Cause it was that bad. Um, but I mean, a lot of people. The the elephant in the room is Malik. We all know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, want to talk about his turnovers, which is fine, and I get it because they were at crucial points of the game, and then also stuff that, um, like the 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 screen pass. Yeah, the screen pass, like. It, Brooks wasn't even released. He wasn't released, but like throwing it to the ground or something like that. Like a, yeah. Yes, it shouldn't it have to be coached, but just throw it away. But it is what it is. He hasn't played football in a long time. Mm-hmm. He's played against a top twenty-five opponent, which has the number one defense in the Big Twelve, and they have oh just overall good team. Mm-hmm. That's what Sark was saying too in his press conference. Like he uh, he mentioned, he was like, I think a lot of people aren't looking at the fact that we beat a you know a top twenty-five team. Uh, with a backup, you know, we put up thirty-three points, points with a backup. Yeah, and we had over five hundred yards of offense. Exactly, and that's another thing too. What I've like with him is with Malik is he's just at least he's throwing the football. It could be worse. Like obviously yeah. you don't want him to turn it over, but at the same time, at least he's like not playing timid, holding on to the ball. People are open. Like he's actually throwing it at least, and you know, trying to make plays. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, it's not the best decision every time, but I'd much rather that than him like take a sack or like just be timid to throw the ball mm-hmm. like you said at least he's trying to go out there and make a play mm-hmm. um but all, i mean a lot of the time it's really from what i see it's just a lot of timing it's just mm-hmm. timing issues mm-hmm. which is to be expected um like if you're not used to throwing to xavier and xavier's fast just that chemistry is just not going to be there or then it's like or you have a rocket of an arm you're just going to launch it because you know he's fast and you're thinking that he's going to get it. You, yeah, and there exactly. was a few plays like that. Exactly. Even We're with ba- AD. Barely missed. Yeah, the one on AD, that wheel route. That, like, there was, I mean, a lot of meat left on the bone and still scored 33. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for some missed throws, like, Xavier could have had 200 yards. Um, yeah, he's definitely been getting, like, the burden of some of the miscues this season because he's had opportunity to have monster games, but he just – you know, misses a few here here and there, and it's just like, dang, could have been 200 yards yeah. for him. Um, but I, I like I like Malik. Um, there's a lot of raw potential with him. Excuse me. Um, I don't think that people need to hit the panic button. Uh, and, like, where's Arch? Where's Arch? Because at the end of the day, you still don't know what Arch can do. And it could be the same exact thing. And it's like, so why the hell were we crying for Arch when we have the same exact thing with Malik? Um <clears throat> But um, this week will be another big test for him. Uh, I was texting you earlier. I do think that 
Quinn probably suits up. I don't know if he plays, but he's going to suit up. Yeah. Because if he gets, like, close or ugly, he might come in. Yeah, or um, they might even put him in just for a few drives just to kind of get, like, I don't know, momentum. I don't I don't know. Like, it's a, like as a security blanket, you want something like someone like him to be available because even with Malik, like I texted in the, in the group chat we have that a cat had told me that he was questionable. And it's like, if he's like banged up too, and if he gets hurt and it's like, now you are down to arch or Charles, right. And then pitting either one of those guys in, especially arch, like you were saying earlier, if he doesn't perform right away, then obviously that's just a certain shot to a kid's confidence, especially of that caliber. You know, like if they go out there mm-hmm. and they lay an egg, and it's like, oh, well, the Manning laid an egg, you know, and then now he's got to deal with that as a young, very young player as opposed to just protecting him a little bit and just riding it out with a guy like Malik or having Quinn available. So yeah. I definitely agree with that. It, there's a lot of positives to take from Malik, man. I mean, we've won two games in a row. Um, he's some, some of his passes aren't the best, but he's still making big plays, throwing it deep, getting it like he threw, what, two D balls to AD? Yeah, yeah. Completing those. Great catch by AD on one of those. That um, was a snag. The one where it was like a little bit out front. A little bit out front, in the yeah. Quarter. Yeah. Um, he goes out there with confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I went to the game against BYU, it, it was dope because everybody started chanting Malik in the stands. And then he was just like, he was just loose. He was just vibing with the song, going out there like he was ready. And um, that's how I did with this game, too. Um, but I think there's a lot of um, potential. A lot of upside with Malik, and I wouldn't hit the panic button yet as a as a UT fan. Um, like I said, put up 33 points, had 500 yards of offense. He's done his job, won both the games, and that's all you can ask for. He's exactly. a backup who hasn't played football. He sat all last year, and in high school he didn't play very much either. Yeah. So, like, he hasn't played football in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, for him to come in and, and do this, like – as a as a backup, as a true backup, that's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, hasn't played football in a long time. Um, Sarkeesian is, you know, I think he's doing a great job as a play caller, help, helping him out. Um, the guys are open, especially when you're playing with elite talent. I mean, I sent you the list today of the guys that I think mm-hmm. are going to leave this year and where they're going to get drafted. And I was telling you, like, being honest, like, as an Oklahoma fan, like, this is one of the most talented Texas teams in a while. And the fact that they have, you know, potentially seven guys that might go in the first three rounds is really good for, you know, a young player to be around. Like he's got talent all around him, you know, like arguably two first round receivers, arguably a first round, to early second round running back, you know, Jatavian Sanders first is end. a first round tight end. So it's like you playing with that, you, you can protect him a little bit and, not make things a little bit, you know, too difficult for him. And I, I really like what Sark's been doing with uh, Malik. And I guess, like, my only feedback that I've seen is with Sark, and I was kind of telling you, is, uh, like you said earlier, just, like, not taking points right away. Um, there's no reason to ever chase points, I think, in a football game because it always comes back to haunt you no matter what. Like, I, as you guys saw in that game, Texas only won by three, but it's like you take that field goal, you might force K-State to have to score a touchdown on a drive to tie the game or whatever the case may be. And then K-State also had missed a field goal and extra points. So it's like even if they make those plays, you still have that field goal in your back pocket that you should have took in the first quarter. And even if you go down, you're down by like a point as opposed to, you know, three or four. So it's I think like you, he has to get points when they're available, especially with what he's been doing in the red zone. I think with Sarkeesian – 
he's such a great offensive play caller, but he still struggles, I think, at times when he gets into the red zone to call plays and get into the end zone. I think he yeah. I think he tries to do too much, or I just don't think he has the necessary concepts to punch in the end zone. I don't think he has, like, a red zone playbook. That, yeah. and Because, I mean, and that's what I was telling, telling Kat. I was on our way uh, over here today. I was just like, he needs to scrap that the jumbo package. And she, like, kind of got mad at me. And I was just like, no, I'm just being honest. Because when you put, you know, Savion Red and bring in all these tight ends and, you know, big big bodies, the, the defense knows what you're going to do. So everyone is going to be in the box. And there's no room to run the football. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense to me when you're able to run the ball in 11, 10, 12 normal personnel with Jonathan Brooks or uh, Cedric Baxter, and you're running the ball well. So I just don't understand condensing it in the red zone, and it hasn't worked. And they're still constantly doing that over and over again. Like, I, I don't think it's a an effective package, and that's okay. But I just feel like Sark is hurting y'all still trying to run that all the time down there. That or just run, like, put other plays into it. Maybe he has other plays, he just doesn't yeah. want to use them yet. Um, but just to put, add some extra plays into it or something. Something, a pass, jump pass, maybe even like a little speed reverse or something, an option from it. I mean, I like that pitch that we saw with CJ on that fourth yeah, down. That was, that, nice. was, that, that was That was short nice. yardage. Yeah, that was short yardage, you know? yep. But it yep. was a changeup, though. You all haven't ran yep. anything like that all year. So, or, I mean, it's not, I'm, I don't know if you could do it out, out of that, but that play that uh, Lincoln just ran, Dude, where they like pitched it crazy. and they came back and then pitched it back to Bro, Caleb and crazy. he threw it for a touch like that was something insane. like that like that play literally like he gave it to Zachariah Branch and he literally ran that motion came back with the flow of the game and like his pursuers pitched it to Caleb and Caleb, it was beautiful yeah that was, beautiful. I was like <laughs> something like just do something like yeah. that I don't know I don't know make something out of it um, but overall um, I'm happy uh, obviously it was a stressful game but. They're a great team. I mean, they always play us tough, so you should expect a tough game out of them no matter what. Um, defense looked great. Defense yeah. did their thing. Uh, they're out there a lot, so I'm sure they're tired. But when at the end, when we needed to stop, they got to stop. Um, and that's all I can ask for. But mm-hmm. one, the, the the slim dream is still alive. So Not for sure. You got to just want to know every week. There's you know? that. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm happy. Um, the other elephant in the room – I guess we can uh, talk about in your game because that was more uh, crucial in your game than it was ours. Yeah. So, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, last Bedlam game um, for the foreseeable future. Obviously, um, there's probably going to be a lot of talking from the Oklahoma State fans Mm -hmm. just because they beat y'all last, um, even though it is in rivalry if you look at the numbers. But... um, it was a fun game to watch as a spectator because it was just like it's the last Bedlam game and it, my team doesn't have any implications on it. Yeah. But uh, as a fan for both the, both of them, it was it's it pretty stressful. So yeah, uh, no, for sure. I mean, last Bedlam game in Stillwater as of for now. I mean, hey, we looked at the Oklahoma State schedule. Hey, just know if we play y'all again, you better hope we don't play y'all in the Big Twelve title because. If somehow we if Texas loses and we get there, we're boat racing by twenty in the Dallas. Like I'm just letting you know. But anyways, yeah, the, I mean the game was, you know, it was very uh, frustrating. Uh, I would say it was is probably just a word to describe this game for me and uh, most of the Sooner fan base because 
when you look at the game, man, like Ollie Gordon been terrorizing people all season, and we held him to 138 yards, and he had like over 20 carries. He averaged like 4.2 a carry, but it's like we we shut him down. Like he did score twice. He had a few runs in there, but when you look at what he's been doing, limiting that damage, the defense played well. I think Alan Bowman, obviously, he was completing a lot of passes in the RPO game, which good 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 job by Mike Gundy having him prepared for that game, knowing that. He could, you know, maybe take advantage of some mismatches um, with some of our corners, and that's a situation that I'll address here soon. Um, but, you know, Mike Gundy had them ready to play, um, as he always does. He's one of the best coaches in college football, severely underrated. I mean, every year, Oklahoma State, you count them out, and they're always in the Big 12 title mix every single year, especially the last decade. So um, give him his credit. They, they showed up. They won. They beat us. But I do think we uh, ultimately gave them the game in a lot of ways. Um Start off when we ran that, uh, it was like a delayed snap. They tried to snap it to Javante Barnes. I don't know why. We literally just moving the ball at will with our receivers. Because um, I looked at the game, because you texted me, you were like, how is it 7-7 already? And I was like, well, they got the ball first. They kind of moved the moved the ball downfield, scored, and then we got the ball, and then Gavin saw What game was before yours? It was uh, – Because that game ran longer. It was on, a it was uh, on ABC. It was uh, Clemson and – No. Notre yeah, no. No, it was uh, A&M and Ole Miss. Yeah, that's what it was, A&M and Ole yeah, Miss. That A&M game ran longer. Yeah, so that game ran longer. So when you were able to watch it, yeah, I said Gavin Sawchuk uh, dunked his head on the goalpost, 64 yards, and uh, super super proud of him and excited to finally see what I've been telling people about. I mean, we saw it against Florida State in his first real start in a bowl game, and now one of the fastest kids in America is starting to perform. So it looked he had a good game, but as I was saying, we were moving the ball at will. You know, delayed snap, hitch Devontae Barnes in the face mask. He ends up trying to pitch it back to Dylan Gabriel. In that situation like that where the play's busted, you have to take the loss. You can't try and do more than what you – you just have to fall down or, you know, take that loss. I'd rather it be second and 15 as opposed to Oklahoma State having the ball as we're moving it. Possessions are extremely crucial in college football, and you need every single one. So, anyways, that happens. Um you know, they, they go down the field and score again, and then I'm just like, all right, you know, calm down, everyone. Defense starts playing a little bit. Offense starts moving the ball. I mean, they really had no answer for us when we were able to actually throw the ball and protect Dylan Gabriel. Drake Stoops had a career game. He had 131 yards, going off. one touchdown. He really should have had – obviously, we'll get to that. But, I mean, he was going off. Nick Anderson had, like, 93. Farouk had, like, in like 98. Like, the receivers were going off. Dylan threw for three-something, like 340. And, like, yeah, he had the pick where he tried to hit Brennan Thompson on that. But it's like I, I'm not too mad at that. At least he's being aggressive. Brennan Thompson has to jump back into the receiver and just draw the P.I. Like, you have to do that right there just to at least make them think about throwing the flag. But um, No, they would have threw that flag. Yeah, it would have been offensive. <laughs> no, they would have threw that flag. Or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then uh, Ollie Gordon, you know, they try to run, which was – a. And that play call made no sense by Mike Gundy. They tried to run, like, some reverse pass throwback to Alabama. Yeah, that was stupid. And then, like, yeah, after they got a first down, too. And then, like, we defended it well. And the fact he just threw it up, like, that was easy money for uh, Billy Bowman, who's having, once again, a fantastic season. That was his fourth interception. Nice return out to the 50. And then the, the offense, and this is where I'm going to get to my, you know, frustrations with Jeff Levy. It's like we create these opportunities. Defense is starting to lock them down. Like, you have to – you have to know when you have a team on the ropes and you have to knock them out. Like, you have to go down there and score a touchdown. We're up yeah. by four. Go score a touchdown, make it 28-17. All right, now Oklahoma State, do you know they're kind of one-dimensional, really? Like, make them throw the ball. 
Don't let, like, don't ha- let them allow to run their full playbook, whatever. We don't score. We have a bunch of times to put them away, and we don't. Oklahoma State ends up taking the lead, and we really, you know, give them opportunities. It's uh, there. It's 24-21 because Oklahoma State scores. We have the ball again. Then Dylan Gabriel fumbles a snap because it was a bad snap. It's That's not on Dylan. It was low to the ground, hits his leg. I mean, fumbles a snap. Oklahoma State gets the ball back. Thank God our defense was was playing well. We get a stop for us to have a chance. Next drive, move the ball down the field get down there relatively quick and, you know, six minutes left or I think five or six minutes left, we throw a fade ball to uh, Drake Stoops on fourth and 12 end zone for a touchdown. He's open. He ends up catching the ball, but they call P. They don't call the PI. He gets pulled and tackled down. It's clear as day. I mean, they even bring in the analyst from Fox or ABC. Uh, you texted me. I mean, even like people like Doc, Kyle Umleg, uh, CJ Vogel, like these are Texas known Twitter accounts, and they're even explaining how bad that call was, like that it was missed. Um, you know, not only that, but the other big one was oh, the one on third and seven too that they called on Makari Vickers, the corner where it was like offensive pass or defensive pass interference, but the yeah, but he pushed him, literally pushed yeah. him down. But the other one, bad one was when in the red zone, in the red zone where he oh, where was he like threw it basically in the stands and it was yeah. uncatchable, but they called a flag, and I was yeah. like. What? Yeah, it, they called PI on. They the called PI. What what hurt them was what they should have called holding is what the yeah. call should have been. But they but called even PI. Then, like even then, the ball still well, was to protect them. Yeah. But then you call PI when it's like, that's not even catchable. No, like he literally just threw it away, and they yeah. like gave him the, and it's like, oh, they get the ball in the two. Like, yeah, they have Ollie Gordon. They're they're probably gonna punch that in mm-hmm. as good as we've been in short yardage all season. So it's like, you know, there's been a bunch of crucial spots, and for me, yes. We should have beat them, and the ref shouldn't have been an issue because Nick Anderson did drop that deep ball. Like, that was a That was bad. Like, that was a touchdown. It literally hit him in the... And he's been balling all season, man. Like, so for me, that was just disappointing because I'm like, damn, dude. Like That was bad. He has, like, eight touchdowns on the year, been balling all season. I'm like, that should have easily been a touchdown. Like, you can't drop those. Like, like, it's hard to critique people, but, like, you just cannot drop a deep ball that hits you in the bread basket like that. Also, think... Like, you couldn't ask for a better... You literally could not ask for a better pass. And I think, too, with Dylan, like, I think he's been late with the deep ball. Like, a lot of times, guys are running by... Like, Farouk isn't even a burner, and he's running past their corners. And it's like, to me, Dylan needs to either throw it on a line... He needs to throw it on the line. He needs to throw it on the line, or he needs to throw it early. Like... Cause he, cause the, that one catch that Jalil had on the where they call PI finally on the catch that Jalil had was a great catch, but it's like he had to make a crazy catch. It really shouldn't be yeah, touchdown. Yeah, like, that's how the hell did he catch like, that? Like throw it early, you know what I'm saying? But um, nonetheless, I mean, we gave them too many chances, didn't close it out, um, and it was just it just hurt to lose like that. Cause at the end of the day, the refs did affect that game. Like, I'm not saying we'd have won, but I'm pretty sure we would have won. The ball would have been on the two. We'd have had a lot of time. Yeah. Full playback, we could have punched it in, taking care of business. Instead of, you know, Jeff Lebby calling a flood concept on fourth and five. And, yes, the route is essentially good, but they know what you're doing right there. You And to me, Dylan Gabriel, I think he was six for eight all year – or all game on intermediate. I think he was like six for eight for like 128 all, all game on intermediate and deep concepts. So I'm like – why like yes, you need to get five yards, but they literally cannot guard you in the middle of the field. Just run like something in, in breaking route. Like don't run a route to the sticks towards the sideline. That was the same play. And they, Stoops is perfect for that. Exactly. And that was the same play they ran against y'all in the Red River Red River where y'all got that stop on fourth down because they hit Stoops like up here and he got pushed out of bounds. Yeah. The same exact play. So 
I'm sure they saw that on film. I'm sure they knew what was coming. And to me, it's just Jeff Levy, I think, is great as a – because if you look at, you know, Oklahoma stats offensively, it's, it's you know, top in the country in all these categories. But, like, to the average person, you're like, oh, why is everyone complaining about Jeff Levy? The defense gave up 400-something yards. Yes, because the defense is on the field so much. Like, the time of possession – and all that because we run this tempo. We'll like get a stop, and then the defense will, or offense will go out there and get a three and out in like five seconds. And the defense is back out there. It's like they're not getting a chance to rest and really recover. Yo's tempo you know, is just weird ridiculous. though because it was like go fast, and then it'll just be like dormant, yeah, and then dormant, and then dormant, and then fast. And it's like, dude, like, and it's just like, and like I tell you, like tempo is great, but you got to know how to use it as a curveball, like. You can't just you can't go a, a thousand miles per hour every drive just because like you have to know when it's like all right our defense was out there for a long drive they got like those stops we got on fourth the fourth down in the red zone like you got to know the defense was out there and they just got a big stop so you got to learn how to slow the play clock down run the football and that's the thing we were able to run the football so I'm like just certain things I just didn't like what he's been doing in coaching and um, hopefully we get it corrected for these next three games because um, we obviously. The season has went downhill since the Texas win. I mean, it's just been a regression. Barely beat UCF. Uh, lost to Kansas. Lost to Kansas. Lost, lost to Oklahoma State. And granted, we should have won both those games. We really did give them away. I mean, we, we've we given away turnovers. It's not re- The only forced one was that interception on that pick six. And even when you look at the film, Dylan is as late. And he had Nick Anderson wide open running up the sideline on the other side. So it's like you look at it, and we're just giving away games. We're just playing undisciplined, uncharacteristic and hopefully we can win out and go 10 and 2 cuz i know we're still a year ahead of schedule but for me after the texas win i had expectations of us i'm not saying winning a natty but it's like you beat texas your rest of your schedule was very favorable you might have to be texas again in the big 12 title but it's like even if you lose to them and you go 12 and 1 with a loss to texas in the big 12 title there's still going to be an argument for you to make the playoffs depending on what everything what happens with everything yeah. else so yeah i don't know it, it, it was just a tough loss and it went that one hurt a lot, man. Like I was telling you off camera, that I hadn't been that mad in a long time. It was bad. Loss. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I mean, like I said, they had factors in our game, but they didn't have the implications they had in y'all's game because y'all obviously lost. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like some calls that they just didn't call. That I'm just like, how? It was bad, man. I'm like, just like how? Like because even Sark so says bad. it's like. Xavier is one of the fastest guys in the countries. Uh, how has like nobody like how does how do uh, PIs not get called on him? Like he has no PIs called against him. And then uh, the two guys in the middle in the trenches on mm-hmm. defense, like those are the, some of the top two people in the country. Mm-hmm. No holding calls mm-hmm. the whole season. Yeah, like it's, it it's just ridiculous. doesn't make sense. I mean, it and like I told you, like. The big tw- and a word on the street is your mark was at our game. So, um, and like I told you, like makes sense. It's it's blatantly obvious, even though y'all won, like the the missed calls in y'all's game and our game, like it's blatantly obvious that they want us both to lose and not play in the Big Twelve title. And it doesn't make sense because we are the two highest ranked teams in the conference. But for them, it's like, how good would it be to the teams that are leaving to go to the SEC aren't going to be playing in the title game, and we can send them away. And they're not even representing, and they're the you know the best conf- the best teams. That's why they're leaving or whatever, or biggest brands. So, like I was telling you, yes, I mean, y'all y'all got to win out, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, we already not. look what they're doing now. They're making the TCU and the Iowa State games both at night, 
And it's like Texas has had one night game all season, and it was against Wyoming. We've had four the last three seasons. You know, so it's like they obviously aren't helping y'all out, but they're going to help out TCU, a team who's not even 500, might not make a bowl game, but they're getting a night game because they're playing y'all, and they're going to have Iowa State, who is a – they're hard to play. It's hard to play in Ames, and I was telling you earlier, Matt Campbell – has Sark's number when it when it comes to game planning for him. Like, yes, Sark has beaten him. I think he's one and one against Matt Campbell. But it's like even last year when he beat him, the game was extremely close and he held Sark under thirty points. So yeah, you know, like hoping this year is a little bit different because we'll like goes. the first two years, obviously the teams were completely yeah. different. Um, so I'm hoping this year is different. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be scary. I mean, it, our last three games is at TCU at night. At Ames at night mm-hmm. against Tech, and you know they're butt buddies already, mm-hmm. like the, the commissioner and mm-hmm. and 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 Tech's coach, and the Big Twelve runs through Lubbock, so like that game's gonna be hell. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be tough. Like I was- attention, opinionated media listeners, if you want to make a podcast, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make. One, super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit episodes right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard or listened to. Video podcasts are also now available. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. For us, ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's made our life so easy being able to just upload all of our audio video to the platform and then have it distributed everywhere and it can get the job done simultaneously for us we've never had any issues with them we actually been using them since the og days of anchor so shout out to spotify for podcasters now on to the rest of the episode we lost 55 to 3 bro it's bad dude i can't even like (laughs) i see the scores every week i'm like bro i want to see you about to get my primer Alrighty, so welcome back from those commercial breaks. We're gonna go into the ballers of the week segment. We're gonna talk about some guys that you know stood out for us. Uh, if you guys are the ballers of the week, it's guys that ball out, you know, in college football, but might not get talked about or you know touched on. It's hard to watch a lot of a lot of guys play. But we're gonna start off with Trey Harris of Ole Miss. Um, shout out to boy Jackson Dart. He actually posted on Twitter today. He said because uh, you know A and M, they were like posting those like arm emojis. And stuff. Mm-hmm. He like he like posted like him and uh, somebody else like standing on like the screenshot on the field, and he and he was like bet, and he put the arm he emoji. put the arm emoji. So he shout, went off. Yeah, he went off, bro. He was diamond was too. Was, but yeah. it, 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 it was like every time they threw him the ball, you it was like he's gonna catch it. He's, yeah, he Trey, had a nice one hand snag too. I don't even think that one counted, did it? It did count. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Trey Harris balled out. Eleven receptions, two eleven, one touchdown. Dude was unguardable. Was a mismatch problem, so had to put him on there. Number two, we got Jalen Milrow. Man, he and the Alabama coaching staff have figured it out. You know, 219 passing yards, uh, one touchdown through the air, 155 yards on the ground, four rushing touchdowns. And the way he's playing, man, if he can keep this up going into next year, mm-hmm. he's going to be a problem, and he's mm-hmm. playing like Lamar. They're, like, literally they're figuring out there. how to play with him, Pauls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, they – they're figuring out how to work their offense into the, his play style, and then 
ever since, I guess, the South Alabama game, really, because they benched him, and then he started after that. But ever since then, it's just been every week. It's just been a progression, progression, progression. It's kind of getting scary because Bama's defense is yeah, elite. Like and that. Then they, you just saw what they did at LSU. Yeah. Like LSU is the number one offense in the country, mm-hmm. and they held them to twenty eight points. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that they because I was t- talking when me and Shoney did the the preview last week, I was saying that in order for Alabama to win this game, they can't let it get into a track meet. And it was literally a track meet, and they were matching them. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, we were watching the highlights, and I was watching the game. I had the little multi-view, shout-out YouTube TV, and I was just like, bro, these QBs are – It was fire seeing, like, both of them just run the ball. They were going crazy, and they were just so fast. (laughs) Like, I did not know Jaden – like, I knew Jaden Daniels was fast, but, like, bro, there were some runs I was like, bro, I did not know he was that fast. And then, like, Savannah (laughs) was, like, kept telling – like, saying, slide, slide. I'm like, you don't want him to slide. No, when he's fast like that, like, like, he's pulling away. He's going to make some plays. You don't want him to slide. So, yeah, shout Jalen Milrow, balling. um, Alabama's scary right now, so, uh, hey – he, he's doing his thing. Uh, now we got, uh, I think his name's Derek Johnson, uh, plays at uh, Washington. This one surprised me, especially, you know. Uh, should have lost. Sh- sh- they should have lost, but this is why they didn't lose, because yeah. they were able to run the ball. As good as they are throwing the football, they were able to run the ball and really control the game, especially towards the end of the game. Take some time off the clock, limit possessions in the game. Yes, Caleb and them were going to get theirs, and he's on this list as well. He's the next guy. But they were able, you know, to control the game. And for this 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 kid to have 256 yards and four touchdowns is ridiculous. Like, that's insane. And I think they ran for 318 as a team. And this was ultimately the nail in the coffin. And Alex Grinch is why. Not he, taking anything away from him, but it's, that, it's that, easy this, to run the ball against that defense. This is literally why. Like, that's probably why, why Alex Grinch got fired. I think even if they lose the game – he doesn't get fired, but letting a bat go for two fifty six, and then letting the QB go for three, tw- bruh, like, yeah, like that, that, that you gotta make some changes. Um, it should have been made. <laughs> oh my goodness! Then we, the Kayla Williams, uh, three twelve, three touchdowns, uh, one, one on the run. ground. Yep. Dude balled out. Um, you know what more can you say about the kid? Like, shout out to him, man. Everybody was saying he should, you know, hang it up, not play, and. He, he he's he's still gonna come swinging, and they got Oregon this week, and I guarantee you he's gonna go crazy. I guarantee you he's gonna ball out. So shout out to him, Trayvon Henderson, the last guy on the bars of the week, one twenty eight, one touchdown, five receptions, 80, 80 yards, and then one receiving touchdown. This kid is electric. Um, it's good to see him healthy. Um, good to see Marvin Harrison Jr. have another guy. But this also leads me to the point of the what Ohio State having. Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, Abuka, Julian Fleming, all these guys at their the disposal. They shouldn't be struggling. They shouldn't be struggling, and that's really an indictment on Kyle McCord. Like, he has to figure it out because playing against Michigan soon, and then if they make the playoff, they can't start slow. These players are great, and they could definitely help elevate him, but you're going to be playing better competition, so he has to figure it out. I meant to uh, text Devin, but who's – Who's their guy next year? Like, do they have anybody? So they have. Typically, they they always. So they have Aaron Nolan coming in, who's a five star black quarterback coming in. Okay. So, but I was telling Devin, a little tidbit, I was telling Devin, I was like, hey, like, if Kyle McCord goes to the playoffs or wins the Big Ten or even wins a national title, like, regardless of how you feel about the dude, even bringing in Aaron Nolan, it's going to be hard for a freshman to replace a dude who just did that. So I was like, I'm just going to tell you that. Like, even if you think he's better, and he probably is, it's just going to be hard. Like, I mean, we see it all the time. When it QB has done something in the past, it's a lot. You have to like almost force the issue for him to get replaced. 
Um, but now we're on to some key talking points. Uh, and I, we actually had a community question as well. I almost forgot to add that in. So we'll, we'll hit that real quick before we do these talking points. Um, this man, Steve, said. All righty. He said, um, UT's win over Alabama may be the reason why it were to come down to it, assuming they went out plus a Big 12 championship. They would be the 12-1 and team selected for the college football playoff. How does this Alabama team stack up against a very favorable schedule for the rest of the year, and what if they went out, including SEC? What, what chaos does this cause for the college football playoff? I think me and you kind of touched on this with each other mm-hmm. today, but I'll let you go uh, into this. Um, it's tough just because Alabama is in the SEC, so we all know that the committee does favor the SEC. As they should. But with us going to SEC being next year, yeah, I don't know how much of that like they take that into consideration and yeah. give it a boost. But you also you were saying that at the eye test, like you take Bama over Texas because they look better currently. But at the same time, like we have to give props for still doing it with a backup quarterback. That's also true. So we went like yes, Quinn was in and it was a close game with Houston, but he. Uh, Malik came in and still won the game. Malik plays BYU, wins the game. Malik plays a top twenty-five team, number one defense in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Good, good offense, mm-hmm. wins the game. No bother, but wins the game. So you we, you have to get some credit of like a quarter a backup quarterback mm-hmm. playing and winning and winning these games. Yeah, so I, and you can there uh-huh. is a big drastic change in our offense, and you can tell. Yeah, like. Yeah, Malik's Quinn, good, but like, I like Quinn as much as so as efficient. much as I like, not that I don't like Quinn, but as much as I like, uh, what's the word? Um, I guess as much as I talk bad about like his mechanics and throwing mm-hmm. and reads, not like he he does like open up our playbook a lot, and, he's so and he opens up the field a lot, and he's efficient. Yeah. Um, but that has to be accounted for is us winning with the backup quarterback in. And they 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 have to see these refs, like that 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 has to like, oh for sure. Like they have to like Especially be able to like, week. oh they're winning and these refs are screwing them. And over. it also depends on how it looks further down the line. Like if it, if this continues for Texas through the rest of these last three games, and even in the Big Twelve title game, depending on who they're playing, then I definitely can see it. My my response to this, or well, like, I was gonna go say, I, I non bias aside, yeah, I still think you take Texas. Uh, just because they did beat them head to head, and not only did we beat them, we kind of dominated that game. And a at lot times, of I mean, they did have the lead. They did have the lead, but that's how I look at it, it. It in the fourth quarter, they had the lead too, and we came back and and we won. Yeah, and at a hostile environment, yeah, where nobody else can seem to win at, even Alabama's quote unquote down year. So <laughs> yeah, shit, they look scary right now. Yeah, so. I think you take them and also because, yeah, we lost to y'all, but it's just like any other rival games. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a game that you just have to take with a grain of salt, man. As much as, as much as it sucks, like you just have to take it with a grain of salt because any, anything could happen. I mean, we went, what, we're what, five and seven that one year and we beat y'all? Yeah. I mean, like, it's just it's, stuff you like that. Like, you, any, any moment. I mean, yeah. Um, and y'all aren't a bad team. 
No, we're, so, we're still good. I mean, so, if you, the, our losses are pfft, stupid. Are we st- for me, we still have a good loss, and that's a great win. Mm. So I think Texas should get the upper hand. But I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor. I don't think that those two teams are going to be it. Yeah, I think it's going to be Oregon. Yeah, I think I think for me, what's going to be hard if this were the case is that Alabama's resume and y'all's resume. Like, yes, y'all beat K State, Kansas, who's at the time ranked, but that's it. The only other in Bama, the only other ranked team that you're going to have coming up will be potentially Oklahoma State or whoever's in the Big Twelve title game. So. When you look at that resume... It could have been Iowa State exactly. if they when, won this past weekend. When you look at that resume, excuse me, and when you compare it to Bama, who's beating Ole Miss, who is looking dangerous, only lost to Bama. They beat Tennessee, who was a ranked team. They're still ranked pretty high. They beat, just beat LSU. They got uh, Then they got Georgia, who is the best team in the country by a lot of people's standards. If they beat them, win the SEC title, what also hurts Texas is the fact that, I hate to say it, that Oklahoma's dropped two. Because now the Oak Texas is yeah. like that. Yeah. that I didn't, I, I, when y'all lost against Kansas and everybody was cheering, I was like, we need them to win. Yeah. It's not good. We need them to win. Yeah. So it's like that hurts. I mean, so and, it, and I think it's going to be so more so of who's playing the best ball. If Bama beats Georgia by a 10 plus, it's going to be really hard to keep a team that just did that to Georgia and only lost in week two to a good Texas team out of the playoff regardless of the head-to-head because yes they say head-to-head matters but like at the end of the day the committee and the playoffs were chosen or was made to pick the best four in the sport now i'm not saying texas and bama both can't make it that's also a possibility but it depends on what happens with everyone else a lot of chaos that needs to happen for both of us to make it and at the end of the day Oregon still has to lose because I think Oregon is the best one loss team. Yeah, and I think Oregon is Oregon should be undefeated. I think they're gonna make it. They they lost they like <laughs> they, they beat good, themselves man. in that Washington yeah. game. Yeah, they 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 look good, man. So yeah, thank you, Steve, for the community question. We always love those. Um now we're on to some talking points. Um, JG Garrett. JG oh you said JG. He just fu- he just fumbled. Oh my goodness. Look at us, bro. I need to take this off. Look at him. Uh anyways. USC has fired defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Should have been fired. Um, this should have been a, been a, been a thing. Um, should have been fired at OU. Condolences to Alex Grinch. You know, I it sucks, but I also wanted to take this time to really say that this should be addressed and talked about. This will after Alex Grinch and whoever gets hired at USC, this will be Lincoln's third defensive coordinator, and he's been at. Obviously, Oklahoma and USC, these are not like regular schools. These are blue bloods. These are schools with a ton of resources that can get whoever they want to go coach coach there, build up their roster, build up their staff. So to me, yes, Alex Grinch has been an issue. But when does it become a point to where Lincoln Riley has to look at himself in the mirror? Because I I look at it as like, yes, these DCs might not be getting the job done. But when you look at the way Lincoln recruits and even like – because everyone's like, oh, like Oklahoma State always has – to. Oklahoma always has talent. I'm like, no. He was starting to recruit a lot like how Tom Herman was when he was at Texas, getting a bunch of talented wide receivers, QBs, running back, skill positions, basically building a 7-on-7 team. But when it came to defensive players, linebackers, D-linemen, offensive linemen, he was struggling in that regard to really build up and strengthen that part of the roster, which is ultimately what you need to win. You look at Georgia, uh, Michigan, Texas, um, all these schools now, 
their front seven is elite. So that's what you need to win mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's where the game starts. Yeah, because, I mean, his big thing was speed D. Speed D. Bro, Lyman, Lyman 265 nose guards? Like, that's yeah, no. biggest thing for him was speed D and, like, how you said, when it comes to in the trenches that you don't you need strength not speed yes you need um, big dudes yeah you need big dudes like 300 plus pounds yes. who can get it done like you look at the sec and their defense they have speed on their defense but they also have the big boys exactly in the trenches. and like their 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 linebackers are still like 240 230 but fast but like know? that's why you lost to georgia though exactly because of that reason alone exactly and it's like at the end of the day Alex Grinch might have been the issue, but I really think Lincoln has to really do some self-reflection and assess and go about things a little bit differently. He's obviously going to be able to get whoever he wants on offense, but he needs to be able to try to get some guys. They might, And this is another thing that I always tell people because everyone's like, oh, because Oklahoma's gotten a few three-stars and stuff. Like, oh, three-star you, three-star you. But you look at a team, these teams like Kansas State, Iowa State, these teams that get three-stars, Kansas if they're developed right and if you get the right body type and stuff, they might not just have been recruited well. You get a lot of blue-collar guys from, like, the Midwest or wherever state they're in. A lot of the times, those are the people who make up good defenses, mm-hmm. you know? So, I think Alex Grinch, and, and that's another thing, he might not be able to recruit these five-star defensive players because of how bad his track record, record is on the defensive side of ball. So, I think he needs to go after some of these, like, lower prospects that just want opportunity to maybe go play at a school like a USC and build up his defense that way, prove that he can, you know, they can start playing better defense, and then eventually he'll be able to start getting those bigger names again to play defense. But, I mean, I think he has to go about it a different way because if this is his third D.C. and they continue to look like that, then you can't just blame the D.C.s. It's on him. Yeah. I mean, they're the head coach overall, so whatever you say goes, mm-hmm. and then whatever happens, that's taken upon you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he should have been fired. Uh, he, Like I said, the Georgia game. What was it, 49 to 52 or something like that? Yeah, or, dude, we had the but lead, like, and then they just came no, back. No, but like, but that right there is like, no that's a that's a crazy scoring game. Mm. Uh, like, you just, when you have the offenses that Lincoln has had, and you and it has to be a shootout every game, that should be alarming. I agree. But he, he should have been fired. Um, I, I think a lot of. Yeah, it was. I definitely think, I think it was, even that was a lot of overdue. Oklahoma fans are happy he got fired. Yeah, it was long overdue. I yeah. mean, um, they just, you know, I also think they need to fire uh, Benny Wiley, their strength coach there, who was at Texas before and at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing calisthenic workouts and, you know, CrossFit workouts, like that's not going to get it done. No. You need to, you, need, it's like, you just need hardcore strength training. Yeah, that's like football's not like a cross sport <laughs> train. Like you just, you, Get strong. Like, you need to get strong. To be. You need to lift heavy, and you yeah. need to run in condition. Like, yeah. it has to be hard. Also, it's not supposed to be fun. Like, that's just it's not. Yep. You know, that's how you win championships. Yeah, yeah. So. Yep. But other big news: um, Michigan has received a formal notification from the Big Ten of potential disciplinary action. Um, I just want to know what that entails. Like, what's the disciplinary act? Like, what's going to happen? Like. How, how does this how, how does this go about? Because uh, do you think that knowing this information, knowing all this is out, do you think that they deserve to be where they're at, ranked wise? Knowing that they've they've done this for three years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, like because they do start slow, and then in the second half they just pick up. Yeah, but that's just the way they play. But that's just that is the way they play. Yeah. But it's like if you start slow and you don't notice people's signs, do you still continue to play slow? Or since you know people's signs and know what they're gonna do, that's why you pick up in the second half. Well, I don't think that has. To be honest, I don't. Really I'm, just, th- I'm just asking. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really think that has anything to do with like the way they play. I think they're the way they're just they they are built is they have a great capable QB. Like if they need to go throw the ball 30, 40 times, they can. I mean, they obviously were able to match TCU with scores. They mm-hmm. honestly sold the game last year, but the way they play. And the way that their strengths are are in the front seven. They have the best defense in the country in every statistical category. They also have one of the best offensive lines, and they have two really good running backs with Corum and Donovan Edwards. So it's like when you have guys like that, you really can dictate the flow of the game. Every game they play, it's never in doubt. Um, it's never an issue. Now, I think with Michigan receiving a formal notification from the Big Ten of potential disciplinary action, I think this is more so of like the pressure needs to be applied. Maybe Michigan's not helping them with the investigation, providing the resources, kind of BSing around the scenes, and maybe they're starting to become more and more reports coming out. This situation in general is just so messy because now they're talking about, oh, it was Ohio State that was doing this and doing this, and then there's like other schools involved that aren't even in the same conference, and then like Connor Salinger resigned on his own and was then spotted at Central Michigan. So it's like there's so many missing pieces. And for me, I think this is just going to be one of those things where we're really not going to know what happens until the season ends. I think once the season ends is when everything will kind of just like. And you got to be a fool to think that he wasn't telling Jim Harbaugh. That's what I'm saying. Like this guy (laughs) is on the staff. Like he might have not been telling him, but Jim Harbaugh has to know, like if if a, if a guy's making whatever his salary was, 55000 he's able to buy these tickets. He either is being bankrolled by somebody or he just has money on his own. So it's like, it, it's definitely an alarming. It's definitely an interesting situation. I don't really know how the NCAA is going to go about it because technically sign stealing isn't illegal, but advanced scouting is illegal. Like in a game, we've talked about it before. You see signs, you can pick up on tendencies, you know what to do. Like that's not illegal i mean nowadays you got ruckers i mean i know you saw that against ohio state they look like teletubbies they had three yeah. dudes wearing those r's yeah. like making the signs and stuff like that so i don't know hopefully michigan um handles this i think the team's good and it honestly sucks that do you think it should be it should uh like affect their ranking no 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 i think that's too like it's too like he say she like it's too like Yes, they are accused of cheating, but it's like, and yes, it's kind of proven, but I think it's also, you can't, like. But, like, again, because, like, the games against Ohio State. Yeah, like, you can't take stuff that's happened in the past into account to what you're seeing on the field now, because it's like, I don't I don't think that's why they're, like, that, to me, that's not why they're winning the way they are, and I don't think you can do that, because nothing's, nothing's even. Well, they're winning not, the way they are, because their schedule's cake. Well, yeah, nothing's also been proven, like, legitly proven. Like, it's yeah. all speculation. So I feel like you can't you can't hurt the team off of that. Yeah. That's my opinion on that. So, all right. And last but not least, we have another talking point. NFL finding these running backs uh, for lowering their head, running into the pile, and then also these uns- uh, unnecessary roughness calls um, that have been going around the NFL. So uh, Carlos and Lon have been talking about it recently, and uh, we kind of got brought it up in one of our group chats. 
just discussing about how bad this has been and how soft the league's gotten. Would you and, like to uh, say the no fun league? The no fun, literally NFL no fun league. Like the sport is being ruined. I mean, Shannon Sharp literally quoted one. He was like, "What is he supposed to do? Run up chest high as a running back and get killed?" Like, but one of the, even one of the running backs literally just ran the ball. Yeah. Oh, there was that one where he blocked the fullback blocked. Uh huh. That was that was one too. He got fined like. 18 grand and it's, it's like, like bro bro this what are you is supposed to do literally robbery like you're literally taking money from these guys a lot of these guys especially at that running back level and they're not really making a lot so exactly and I mean, we don't really think about it them. either but like one of the dudes from the 49ers posts his game check and then 50 percent of his check is gone to taxes yeah like and depending on what state you play in mm-hmm you really don't make that much money no. because all the taxes. Mm-hmm. So that is a, like, we don't think about it because like, oh, they're in the NFL, they make a lot of money, whatever. But mm-hmm. like taxes still do play a factor, even though they are in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's dumb. Like, I don't understand how you're punishing someone for doing his job mm-hmm. and how we've been taught to run the ball. I've been taught to block. I've been taught to tackle. Like, and that's the thing, man, like you, they're going to start getting people they're hurt. Like, they're doing it in college. Like they're teaching them that in college. And that's supposed to prepare you for the next level. And people are going to really start getting hurt, man. Like, Because at the end of the day, it's either people are going to like not make plays and there's going to be a bunch of scoring, which is what they want, or people are just going to start getting hurt because they're going to be like, oh, I can't hit them up high, so I'm just going to go for the legs. And that's literally how people are going to get hurt. I guarantee you all these people, me as a former player myself, I'd ra- much rather get hit in the chest even towards the head, as opposed to the, yes, concussions and all that are super important, but these helmets are so safe now that you're not going to just get a concussion because you just got hit in the head. Like it doesn't, that's not how it works. Like getting hit in the knee or ankle once or twice, like you can have one bad knee injury and your career will never be the same. You might be able to come back, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the same player you were when you were healthy. I mean, look at people like Odell. Literally, no contact injuries, tearing their ACL, ankles, multiple stuff. He's still good, but he was he's not the same. Just course, first touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to the boy. So, um, yeah, that's uh, th- th- I mean, that's kind of my my opinion on that. What do you think? Oh, there's also that uh, that roughing the passer on the Pats or Commanders game. I mean, roughing the passer. That's been a bad thing for a minute now. Um, I mean, it just. I don't know. I don't think that one will change, but I think you can slow down, which I mean, I understand that one more than I do this other one, but you you can't just punish somebody for doing their job and doing what they're taught to do since they've been kids. They do it in college. That's what they're taught to do in college. College is supposed to help you get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Why stop when you get to the pinnacle of the sport? I agree. Anyways, um, week 11 matchups. We got some good ones, um, as always. Um, we got, uh, they don't say the time slots on here, but we got Michigan, Penn State, big Penn State guy this weekend. Um, don't think they'll get it done. Uh, like we said, they, they, he, they literally just has to do it. Like that man just, James, just not, he just James got to, he just got to be big game games. James here. You know, <laughs> Mr. Franklin needs you to do something, but this is a, it's a game that, would you say it's a must win? Because do you for keep who? a for uh, Penn State? Because do you keep a coach knowing that he can't win the big game, but can win all the other games? Yes, I mean, there's no reason to fire him. I mean, he recruits super well. I mean, but I, it, 
even though you can't win the big game in your contention every year, but you're not going to the Big Ten Championship and winning it. You're not going to the playoffs. Like I said, the, the, the grass isn't always greener. You don't fire a coach that's winning mm-hmm. 10, 11 games a year. Like, you just don't, especially in college, the way he's able to recruit now. And with the playoffs expanding, like – that's true. Playoffs with with, with him, if he loses his game and goes eleven and two, an eleven and two Penn State is going to make probably playoffs. making the playoffs. Maybe in the, the depending on how they do it, probably though. Well, depending on how they like, yeah, because they the first year should be. But right now they're ranked 10. the first twelve. The fir- yeah, the first year and then it's going to be. Year, well, they're then they're talking. I'm not going to say next year because they're the talking first year about is it. supposed to be the 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 five. Power five champions, but there's really no there's gonna be no I thought, twelve now. I thought there weren't they were talking about that for the next year. No, they're gonna do that. Like if you win the conference, you're going. Like you're that's go- what they're doing. Yeah, but the next year they're talking about taking the best twelve teams. But like obviously, if you win the conference, you're one of the best twelve. But they're not. They're basically not gonna take like an Air Force or whatever because <laughs> it's supposed to be the the best conference champions. Then. I think five through eleven are the best next, and then twelve. The twelve seed is the best group of five team. But I think the year after that, they're gonna just do the best period because I think people are complaining. It's like, yeah, that group of five team might be good, but like, let's be realistic. Like, are they yeah. better than these teams ahead of them? Not yeah. really. Yeah, I think the twelve is what they should do anyways because a power. I mean, a, a, a large group of five. They, could have some debate for some people in the past, but for the most part, it's I don't want to see that on my TV. The sport, the sport is just too like different than it used to be. Like yeah. with the portal, with recruiting, with yeah. NIL. Like I want to see the best twelve teams yeah, playing yeah. against each other, and and especially the conferences that how they're going to be. Like, let's just be honest. Like you're gonna your team is probably going to lose one or two games a year. Like it's just too much. I don't talent think many teams are going bottom. undefeated. No, anymore. it's like there's too much talent top to bottom, and it's going to be way too hard to just win every week. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, Ole Miss got another grueler. They have a good kind of grueler at the end of the schedule. Yeah. Um, they're uh, not. I meant to say Georgia. Georgia has a grueler end of the schedule, but mm-hmm. Georgia has another grueler. They are playing Ole Miss, um, which is another coaches has to get it done. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Yep. Yeah, for sure. He uh, hasn't been able to get it done yet. Nope. But nope. he's definitely um, improved. I mean, this is the best team they've had. Yeah, it's the best team they've yeah. had. Uh, he's at Georgia, which. Last year and the years in the past, like ooh, at Georgia, probably not. But this is a this this team is a Georgia team where you can play at Georgia and, and you can hang. I mean, we just saw it this past weekend with Mizzou. Mizzou was in it until the middle of the fourth quarter, and then they just kind of lost it. Um, but I think Ole Miss is a better team than than Missouri. Um, they just had a grudge match with A and M, and they let them back in the game. But um, I don't think. I don't. I don't. Do you think Georgia's offense is as good as AM's offense? Because AM has a good team. Like, they really do have a good team. Yeah, they're just Jimbo. They're, really. Yeah, their offense is. Um, they have a good offense, I feel like. Honestly, I think Georgia's offense is pretty good. I think uh, that receiver, shout out the boy, hit on the receptions. I think <laughs> I think him and, uh, you know, the. I think the team's pretty good. I think. But do you think. I think they're just think better. They're, like, you, from a. Like, their line and stuff like that. Even the coaching. I think that. I think A&M has more talent, but I think Georgia is just more efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, I mean, who knows if Brock Bauer, where he's going to be at. Honestly, I don't think he's coming back to the SEC championship if they get there. Um, 
I because I mean I look at it. It's like Georgia. You're able to get it done. You're able to get it done. Would you like him for this game? Ob- obviously, yes. Ole Miss is playing. Re- they have an offense. They, they're they going to score offense. some points. Yeah. Missouri was there, and Missouri and their has defense an is uh, capable of playing really good defense. Yeah. And old, and Missouri was able to play with Georgia. And Missouri has a great offense, and they were able to you know score with Georgia. And, and I don't keep think their close. offense is as good as Ole Miss's no. offense. So does Ole Miss it's get it be- done here? It's gonna be a. It should be a good game. It should be interesting. Um, but we know how Lane Kiffin like to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still possible for them to get in. So I'm gonna go with the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about something. I was like, what if if Ole Miss wins here, then it gets crazy because like they would have one loss, but they haven't beat Bama, so Bama would still go to the SEC championship that they went out. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you have Ole Miss with one loss to Alabama. And then you have Who's Georgia. just won the SEC championship. Then you just play Georgia, who is ranked number two and just won back-to-back yeah. natties. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's going to get crazy. So, I mean. <laughs> Let's go Georgia. We love the chaos. Uh, I need Georgia, I mean, I need Georgia just to win because I can't. I just don't need Texas getting any, like, you know. I, don't know. I need Ole Miss to win. Just I don't know if that helps you though. No, I'm just saying just because you know I don't fuck with like Kirby like yeah that, yeah so. true you hate you hate that man. I don't know it's just uh, I literally can't stand you. Georgia bro. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think Georgia wins. I think they I think they think they they handle them. I don't say they blow them out, but I think they beat them by like one score, kind of like the Missouri game, one score ten or ten points. I think Georgia yeah. since they're starting to play better competition, they're also starting to elevate. We saw it against Florida, we saw it against Missouri. I think they're going to even take it up a notch against Ole Miss because they know what's like coming up. Yep. Um, but I got them. Now we got Tennessee, Missouri, two of the teams that have been some of the better teams in the East. Uh, Tennessee is having a good year. They lost to Florida this year. They lost to Alabama. They haven't played Georgia yet. Missouri is lost to. Uh, who they lost to? They lost to uh, they Georgia lost last week and LSU. Yeah, that's right. But Missouri, the Missouri Tigers, man, they got uh, Tennessee at home. It's a big-time game. This is why the playoff expansion is going to be so good next year because this is a game where it's like these teams can maybe push for that one of those spots. But right now, they're not going to be able to play for the SEC title game. So that kind of sucks to see. But this is still a really good game, and it's – um. More so of a game, I think, to really see where Missouri is as a program. You just went to Georgia. You barely lost by a touchdown. You got Tennessee coming in, who is also trying to build their program with Josh Heupel. You know, got got great offensive players, great talent. And we got Nico just threw his first touchdown. We got a tough schedule, man. Next year we play Tennessee. Too. Oh yeah, yeah but yeah, uh, so. yeah, I think uh, I think this is just a good game just to kind of see where the get kind of like a gauge of program for both teams. I think. Whoever wins this game, you really feel good about your program. If you lose, you don't feel as bad. But this is really a confidence booster, I think, going for, into the next season with the expanded SEC, the expanded playoffs. And um, in this spot, I actually like Missouri here. I think being at home, I think they are better than Tennessee. I think Tennessee with Joe Milton and stuff, they, he just show times of struggle. And I think Missouri is just more capable and consistent on offense. And I think that will be enough for them to get it done at home. That's what I think here. Yeah, um, I think it's Mizzou. I mean, they're at home. They just came off a tough loss against Georgia. Uh, they have an they have an offense that can can get it done. Um, it's tough to play there. I mean, they really should only have one loss because they should have beat LSU and they came back. But um, I got I got um, the Tigers getting it done. I don't think that Tennessee's offense is that great, and Missouri yeah, has I a agree. good defense. 
Um, so I, I think they'll have some some implications there. And then, like I said, they're on the road. It's a it, it's a smaller stadium, and yeah. the fans pack it. It's kind of like how Oklahoma State is. Yeah, it's a smaller stadium. The fans pack it, so yeah. the, they're gonna have to deal with the crowd. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, they're still a good team. They do they still have a chance to go there? Missouri. Yeah. Nah, they have two as conference losses. But one was they lost to LH, LH. West. Yeah, it's still, ma- it's, it's still, it's still okay. Because Georgia has zero. So it's like Georgia would have to literally lose. Two. They'd have to literally lose this game, and then they would have to lose to Tennessee, and then Missouri would have to win this game and win out. So, I mean, it's possible, but like, yeah, I mean, I mean they, especially for Georgia, because they do have to go to Knoxville. Like, yeah, it's man, not, it's easy, not game. easy to play but, there. But, I mean, uh, it, so it's it is, they, so it is possible. They still they have to take care of business here, and they could still possibly get in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think they do take care of business. I got Mizzou. All right. Now we got a game where, you know, it was good in the early 2000s. I need Miami to get there. I think Crystal Ball is a guy. I just think they got to do some self-cleaning there. They're, you know, they started off good with some good wins against A&M and beat some teams, but I think they've just been kind of falling off a cliff. Hopefully they get it corrected because, I like, like Texas, as annoying as they are, seeing them being at least relevant again, seeing Nebraska unfortunately lose last week, but they're, you know, still maybe might go to the Big Ten championship. They're five and four. Seeing these old programs – that are traditionally good. Even Michigan's play well. Florida State as well. You want to see a team like Miami get back to where they were. But we got Miami playing Florida State. Um, like like we said, it's in rivalries. Anything can happen in a game like this. Miami does have the talent to play with them. But I just don't think right now they're playing as well as they could be. And if Florida State gets Keon Coleman back, I, I don't really think this is will be that close because that dude is different. I mean, we we saw him eating his McDonald's. He's different. That man. Yeah, that man's nice. <laughs> um, as much as I don't want them to win, I think Florida State gets it done. Uh, I mean, they're they're they're. How do I say this? They're for sure the worst top four team. They're the, they're they're the worst. I agree, and Top. I don't. Only because, like, Washington is so, like, like I don't 18, know. 18, in my opinion. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I think Oregon's better than them. The resume is good, though. The resume. Uh, yeah. I mean, they beat. Kind of. They beat, they beat Duke. Duke, I mean, Duke was good until their QB got hurt. Clemson, I mean, you can feel how you want, but that team is, <laughs> is talented. LSU. LS, LS, it's just hard because the LSU game is just. If they play LSU now, I think LSU wins. Is the thing. Yeah, but their de- but the LSU's defense has gotten worse for sure. So I, I I don't know. I mean, I think I wouldn't say they're the worst. I do think they. I think they're the worst I, top eight team. I think Washington can beat them. They're also a benefit of where they were ranked in the beginning of the season. They were ranked high, so they stay there basically because they they were ranked I think eight. They have two ranked wins. Yeah, they were ranked eight when they beat LSU. LSU was five. They ranked eight, beat LSU. Stay in the top, whatever. Yeah, and they just haven't lost. So I feel like that's also what's going on. They played on. Southern Miss, Boston College, at Clemson, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, yeah. Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt. Like, I mean, the only teams that are going to be like the only challenge are going to have. I mean, this game's a challenge, and they got to go to the swamp. But they, yeah, like, the ACC championship game is really going to be, and it's looking like they're going to play Louisville in that. Like, like you are right about that. They're just a benefit. They're just a team that you know they. They're just taking care of what's in front of them, and they're just a beneficiary. Because yeah, they, they have beaten the teams that have been the challenge on their schedule. 
Like they have taken care of that business. They just they're one of those things you just can't you can't move them down. They haven't lost. They also just have stayed where they've been all yeah. year. They, they literally haven't moved all year. After they beat LSU, they've stayed there. Yeah. So I think Washington beats them. I think Oregon beats them. I think we can beat them. Bama I think beats them. Beat them too. Bama beats them. Obviously. I think Ole Miss can beat them too. Yeah. They could play with them too. Penn yeah. State maybe. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of teams who I I think they that they can beat them. Um, going back to the original conversation. Uh, Miami, unfortunately, isn't one of those teams that can beat them. Uh, they they got to still put some pieces together over there in Miami. They're a great team. Um, they're getting, like, I think they're on their way back to where they, they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's going to take another, time, like, man. two or three years before they're there. But they're they're going the right direction. They're on the same trajectory as Florida. I mean, yeah, both, both recruiting really well. Florida has a fantastic five-star QB coming in. You know, but you got to give these these staffs time. I mean, look at look at uh, Florida State with um, their coach. I mean, he he uh, got time, and they're finally reaping the benefits of the word. He also attacked the transfer portal. Who's to say Mario Cristobal won't do the same thing next year? And they have and the money. Ro- and it, that's another thing. And flip their roster. So the U, you know, I'm hoping they get back, man. I just want to yep. see them be yep. be yep. relevant nationally. Yep. But yeah, I got Florida State. Um, next game is South Carolina. I always say South Carolina, USC and Oregon. Uh, I used to think that USC is gonna give people a run for their money and ruin seasons, but with Alex Grinch being fired, it's kind of looking like Caleb's just defeated just being on that team. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore, um, because if 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 they won that game against Washington, I would say take, give me USC, just because they want to get to the Pac-12 championship because they can, and that's quote unquote the best conference right now. So they're like, oh, we just won the Pac-12 championship, and that's good. Like, yeah, we have two losses, but we lost, which just hurt for them against a Notre Dame team, and then they lost against who was the first Pac-12 loss. USC's? Yeah, it was. It was uh, uh, to uh, Utah. Utah. Yep. No, it wasn't. It was to. Yeah, it was to Utah, was it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure right. Utah, you're, then you're Washington. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, um, if if they if they beat Washington, I would say, give me USC. But I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going around over there. Lincoln going to the NFL. Caleb. Playing his heart out and not winning. Alex Grinch being gone. They're playing at Oregon, which it's yeah, it's, it's not hard. a fun it's, place it's, it's to hard play. It's hard to play in Austin for sure. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm gonna go Oregon. It's probably not gonna be pretty. Yeah, I think Dan Lanning is one of those coaches too. I really like the way he he coaches. I think he's one of those coaches where he is a big players coach, and he's also a coach that knows how to execute and just finish teams off. I think he'll smell blood. And take care of them. I do think Caleb keeps it close because he's just good, and it is what it is. And Lincoln's also just great offensively, and they have crazy weapons. But I think due to the fact of you know the defensive issue, and maybe we see an, an inspired effort from the defense that Grinch is gone. Maybe, but I, I think Bo Nix is just clicking right now. Um, Bucky Irving, all the weapons that Oregon has, and they're just really they're just a really really complete yep. team. They're the best one loss team. So. Yeah, I got the Ducks here. I think they win by 14-plus. Yeah. 
It's going to be pretty. Yeah. So um, this next game, that's all you. All right. So we got Texas TCU. Uh, the Horns are going to Fort Worth to play TCU at night. Night game for the Horns down there in Fort Worth. Um, I think TCU, you know, they haven't ha- played great this season due to the fact that Chandler Morris got hurt. They've had some injuries. They also lost a ton of people from that uh, national championship team uh, to the NFL and to graduation. Um, but I think this will be a tough game for Texas, especially now with how we've been seeing the way the Big 12 has been refing for Texas and Oklahoma the last couple of weeks. Um, I think uh, Texas will play well, though, um, just because TCU isn't that good. But I do think this is a tough game. I think if Texas allows TCU to hang around, kind of like how K-State did, I would be nervous, especially in that fourth quarter. On the road, at night, it's hard to play there with the speakers and stuff they have in that stadium is super loud. And also, this will be – if Malik does start, this will be his first true road game. So that's another thing that isn't being talked about. He hasn't started on the road yet, and he's obviously been struggling at home. So going on the road in a team like TCU, who's a Texas school that wants to beat you, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I do think the Longhorns squeeze this out. I think they win by by one possession, whether that be a field goal or a touchdown. I do think they do enough and just have enough talent to, to get it done. But um, definitely upset alert kind of game right here. For sure. That's my thoughts, though. Right. <clears throat> Welcome. <laughs> All right. So now we got Alabama and Kentucky. Bama on the road uh, after a great win against LSU against it's Kentucky. Kind of a scary game for them. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Who they play next after this? Uh, after this, it's it's easy. It's like they put. Well, they play Auburn, like Chattanooga or something. Yeah. Oh, they like got that. that Thursday SEC. They, they got they, that game we gonna love in a couple years. Yeah. They, there's <laughs> some. It's some cake. Like they they after. This it's it's pretty. Yeah, this is easy. definitely a game. If you were like a betting person, well, I don't know what the spread is, and you might want to take Kentucky in the the spread. I think Alabama is playing. Kentucky can not say very easily, but Kentucky can win this game. Yeah, they're just well coached. I think they'll play well, but we also do see since Saban lost early, that man is on a mission. He's heard the noise. He's seen Georgia win back to back. He's coming for blood. Like, you can mm-hmm. tell the way they're playing and the way that team is starting to believe in Milrow and that confidence that he's playing with, hitting spin moves like Lamar, all that, all that stuff. You know. um, I think Alabama handles him. But, like Carl said, it could be scary depending on if Alabama kind of starts slow on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, At Kentucky, it's not easy to play there. Like he said, it's a, it's a well-coached team. Stoops is doing a great job over there. They're not a bad team. Like, they were ranked in the top 25 middle of the year Mm -hmm. they've just played some good people so Mm -hmm. they're not ranked anymore um but i mean the first one was georgia we thought they could get it done but Mm -hmm. they had to go to did they go to georgia yes no georgia went there no georgia went no they went to georgia because that's what that was the first game where we were like okay never mind because georgia beat them by like yeah yeah (laughs) um but i mean it's at home and everybody loves playing at home uh so i I wouldn't be so don't be surprised if you see Kentucky battling up there, and it, they 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 squeeze by by like three points because mm-hmm. it's it's very possible. They don't have a bad team at all, um, but I still do take Alabama in this game just because of the way they've been playing lately. Uh, they, I mean, their defense is crazy, and their offense is just finding who they are. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now we got uh, Utah and Washington. The very dangerous game for the Huskies. Um, Utah obviously doesn't have the pace. To really score with Washington, especially with Cam Rising been out all year, but Utah 
is a well-coached team. I mean, they got blown out by Oregon, but they take it on the chin. They responded last week with a win. And, you know, Washington coming off that game against USC, this is kind of where the schedule gets tough, the meat of their schedule. And I do think this is a scary spot for the Huskies. I do think they have enough firepower. But I feel like in a spot – Maybe in, and maybe they'll up their their game a little bit because I mean we saw it last week against USC they played a difficult team and they played way better than they had the last two weeks so maybe that trend that trend continues against a team like Utah but it's gonna be close man I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think I think Kyle Whittingham will do some things to take to hold the ball from Penix and he's just a great defensive coach so I think he might be able to take some things away and make this game a little bit difficult for the Huskies but they are at home so. Kind of got the. I kind of lean them for sure, but don't be surprised as well. This is another game where they could get upset. Yeah, easily. um, Huskies have shown that they're liable at home as well. <sighs> they just played in a in a grueler with USC. I don't know how this team is going to necessarily respond to that. They've been playing in gruelers a lot lately. Um, not that they've just been like high. Well, the USC was a high scoring game. But the other games has been like, oh, like we got to win. Yeah, um, no doubt. Utah is a great defense. We'll see how great that defense can be, if it can be great, because it just got smacked by Oregon, mm-hmm. um, which you Washington beat Oregon, so you take that how you will. Um, no Cam Rising hurts. I mean, it, it, he's not playing the rest of the season. I mean, he's not playing at all this season, but that hurts, and they just – I think they're capped offensively on what they can do. Yeah. I don't know how they can perform. Um, they just got to hope that they get some stops here and there and and, and get some scores. That's going to be the – they should be able to get some scores because Washington's defense isn't that great. So they should be able to score the ball. But the thing is they just got to be able to get some stops. Yeah, and they got to be able to run the ball too. On the road, run the ball, hold the ball. I mean, that's their biggest strength is like, running the ball. Exactly. And if they can get that going, they have a chance. I mean, especially Washington's defense, they've shown that they're, they're not – they're not – they remind me a lot of um, – Tennessee last year, but just haven't lost. Like, great offense, play good enough defense to get enough stops, but nothing to where if you're a team that's capable where you're you're fearing them at all. So um, now we got Duke versus North Carolina. This will be a great game uh, just due to the fact that both teams are, you know, a lot better than they have been in the past, especially that team being Duke. Um, unfortunately for Duke, they kind of got hit with the injury bug at the worst time, and they've also had a difficult schedule. Um, playing Notre Dame, Florida State, Louisville, Clemson. Um, but Mike Elko is doing a damn good job there. Um, and they got Riley Leonard. If he's healthy, uh, he gives him a, a good chance good against boost. North Carolina. Yep. Especially he's a great quarterback. He, he's good, man. Yep. And, and they play defense there. And then uh, North Carolina, they got Drake May, obviously, Mac Brown and stuff. But North Carolina, they've shown um, – they, they, they had some pretty bad losses this year that kind of like were – we didn't see coming. Like they lost to – they lost to teams that they shouldn't have. They lost to Georgia Tech on the road, and they lost to Virginia at home, which was a terrible loss. Uh, they bounced back last week, but they played like a really like a small school. So, um, who knows in this game? It's a robbery. Anything can happen. I'm gonna go with Duke, though. I think I think with Riley Leonard, and I think with uh, Mike Elko, and the way he's able to you know game plan for a defense. I think if they have Riley Leonard back, they'll be able to score and match. Drake Mays play, and I think Mike Elko will take some things away from the, yeah. The uh, I'm gonna go with Duke too. Um, I mean, even at home, North Carolina is still um, suspect. Uh, they, it just, I mean, it's same thing all years. Their defense, 
but and they're they're playing a team who's just really a complete team, like you said, just had injuries, played some good teams. Um, but I'm gonna go Duke. Uh, I don't know if that's an upset, but I'm gonna go Duke on the road. Alrighty. Last game, but not least, not really too sure why it's on here. It's just more so for brand awareness, I think. But we got <laughs> Michigan State versus Ohio State. Uh, um, Ohio State, but 50. Uh, Michigan State's not good. They did get a good win against Nebraska, which was – Yeah, three-win streaks now. I know, yeah. man. That sucked. I was I really hope the Tar Heels got it done there. They did cover, but, like, I, I wanted them to get it done. Uh, I thought Michigan State was in a, you know, in a losing spot right there. They're on the road at the Ohio Huskers. Yeah, they're on the road against Ohio State. Um, yeah, even with as slow as Ohio State starts, like there it is, way there's way better, way yeah. too talented. I think, I think, I think this is a game where they handle business, and this is just a you know another game that just they keep ch- trucking along. I think they win by like twenty yeah, plus. It's not, it's so not it won't be close. close. Um, I don't know if y'all did it uh, while I was gone. We, I think we did last week. We did uh, did we? We did one of them. I think I did it with. Sh- I know I did one of them. I just don't remember what game it was. No matter. But, <laughs> y'all know, I like to pick an underdog game of the week. And I don't really see anything I, I like too much. But I do want to give a shout-out to the boys. And I do want y'all to tune into their game. But for the first time in a while, Tech State, bowl eligible. Yes, sir. Um, but they got a good they got a good game this weekend. Let me I just had it. I don't know where it went. Um, but they got a good game this weekend because they still have a chance um, to win their uh, their division. Um, they're uh, three and two in their division. Troy's four and one. They did lose to Troy, but if Troy can possibly lose a game or two, Texas State can bump up. And win their division, which is huge. So seventy three overall, Troy seventy two overall. I would love that, man. I'd love for Texas State to, mm-hmm. to, to go play for a Sun Belt title. I'd be badass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a first year coach, but they are bowl eligible. Uh, they're playing Coastal Carolina a team that have never beat. It is at Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's hard to play on that teal field. So um, it's at two thirty ESPN plus. Go go tune in. Go show them some love. Bowl eligible. Uh, they're right down the road from us, so we like to show them love. And, yeah, and man, that's a that's the group of five team that we want to just be. We want mm-hmm. that team to be ranked yearly. Like they can be in that top twenty five. Like that's great. They're they're they're. I think they're on the path. Yeah. Um, I think they have some good things coming. But that is my underrated game of the week. Um, that's it from us. It was another great episode. Yeah, another Appreciate great episode. You. It was good to do do it again with Carlos. Um, he's been gone, but. You know, I'm back. Se- season is flying by, man. Season it's already week 11. I already saw a commercial the other day, 99 days to the Super Bowl. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> Bro, that's Come insane. On. Yeah, that's insane. Like, the, the season's flying by at football, but, you know, it's all it's, it's going to be year-round. We're going to do some cool stuff during the offseason, talk recruiting, talk talking more NFL, do, do some stuff, keep it going. We know you guys like this type of content. So uh, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we're almost at 500 subs for the sports channel, so just trying to chuck along, run it up, run trying, it up. trying to get this thing to grow and – the faster it grows and more dope content we can provide for you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that'll do it for them boys over here at Opinionated. We'll catch y'all guys next time. Hook them. Boomer. I've been on my